This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to the Ballpark Dimensions podcast. I'm Mandy Bell. That's Sarah Langs. And we are getting into absolutely everything possible for the All-Star break because we have possible draft talk coming up because it still tricks my brain that this is All-Star break and it's not in the middle of June anymore. Um, And then we have the actual All-Star game itself, which the hype is building around that because the first round of voting closed for the starters and we now have our finalists listed for each position and for each league and that will be announced later this week and so we can give a little bit of our own analysis of of who is where who could be where and who deserves to be where so sarah before we even get into that i i am i'm still curious about the mlb combine because it's still so new and you get so used to hearing about it for the NFL. Like, it's just, it's the big deal for the NFL. Everyone has heard about it. And it's so new for Major League Baseball. And it's so fun to me. It's different um, because this the sport has never really seen it before. And you've been there, it seems like, every single year. So um, you just got back from Arizona. And what is that experience like to be there and and see it is it is it similar to like an NFL combine type of feel I know maybe you haven't been to one to compare it but um I've watched it on TV so I'm thinking in my head like is it just guys stationed at different places going through drills and everyone standing around in a crowd watching them timing them taking notes there's definitely a lot of guys sort of in different places doing different things and Obviously, as you said, I haven't been to an NFL combine or an NBA combine, but the main thing that we get to see over the course of broadcasting it, last week we were on MLB Network on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, is we see BP, we see infield and outfield drills, and we see uh, guys throwing basically like quasi bullpens you know they get like I think they get three minutes to throw for the pitchers so basically what we get is a ton of data which is really really cool for me and I'm kind of there as the dictionary to explain this is what we're looking for this is what we care about here but it's really fun because there's so much energy and so much excitement, you know, the absolute top draft prospects for this year uh, weren't there because they were at the College World Series uh, during the combine. Pretty good reason. But we had a lot of really, really exciting players. One really fun guy for me to see was Deuce Robinson, who is one of the top uh 
college football recruits entering this fall. He came back from spring camp at USC to participate to show that he loves both sports and he was such an athlete. Just take away the sport or anything else just to see him was really, really cool. And we had some really cool standouts. We had a prospect named Cole Craig who threw, I believe, one throw from shortstop at 100 miles an hour. Oh, jeez. And two from the outfield at 100 plus, including one at 102. He also is a catcher, so just a lot of really, really exciting. And, of course, we saw Miles Naylor, youngest brother of Josh and Bo, who, of course, is on the Guardians, who you cover, so... Just a lot of really, really fun uh, players and energy. That's awesome. And I can only imagine what the optimism is like there. Like, I feel like it would just be a bowl full of positive vibes of everyone so excited for what's to come. And you sort of lose that, it seems, as as the years go on in in any sport. You, You start to, players become numb to what they're doing. I think it's natural for anyone the longer they're exposed to something. So it's fun. I'm sure it's refreshing to just see all the excitement that would be around that. It's something that I think would be really cool to cover one day. So, okay, I I wanted to at least ask you about that because I was watching from afar. You did wonderful in your coverage, of course, as always. Thank you. And, uh, but now we can get into All-Star because I Knowing us, this will probably take us enough time that we need to get into it right away. So, um, do you want to start AL or NL? I want to start NL because like we did with the uh, previews, everyone always starts AL. Let's go NL. So, for anyone who hasn't been following how the voting works, this is, what are we in, the third year of this format? Maybe the fourth year by now where the voting is the top two and then top handful for outfield make it to the second round and then you vote for the starters within those finalists. The top vote getter in the first round each league automatically becomes a starter. So Shohei Otani, <laughs> no surprise, is already the starting DH for the American League and Ronald Acuna Jr. for the NL is already a starting outfielder for the National League. The Phase 2 voting began today, June 26th on Monday, and it runs through noon Eastern on Thursday. The starters will be announced, I believe, at 7 Eastern on ESPN on Thursday. You get to vote once a day every 24 hours and again like we talked about in our last episode a couple weeks ago mlb.com slash vote or any team site through the app there's so many places to find it so I think what we're going to do is just kind of go through each explain who the finalists are and kind of talk through what we expect to happen so we can start with first base in the National League. 
I love this because the finalists are Freddie Freeman of the Dodgers and Matt Olson who replaced him on the Braves. And both having kind of different seasons, you know, Olsen has more homers, more RBIs, but I would say Freddie is having, as he always does, one of these really well-balanced MVP-type seasons. Henry Monday hitting 317. He finally got his 2,000th hit on Sunday Baseball last night. I say finally because it actually took him a bit kind of uncharacteristically. I can't imagine the pressure, but he finally got there. He pointed out post-game he's had two big milestones this year, that and the 300th home run. Both have common losses. And he said that Dave Roberts kind of said to him that that's been his, uh, sort of his curse this year, whatever you want to say. But ultimately, the team is doing well. He's doing well, so it's all good. I think if I were choosing, I think it's Freddie Freeman. But I think both these guys have a really, really good argument depending what you're looking for. I agree. And uh, I think I think I go consistency over power here just because of how consistent Freddie Freeman has been, except for like, you know, the it seemed like a day or blink it really of him struggling to get to that 2000th hit. But outside of that, I think it's just, it's it goes a long way to be as consistent as he has been. And again, I know that the average people are not, here anymore it seems but I am an average person I still am I hang on to it you look at a 317 average and it just shows how valuable he is to this team because he is consistently getting on base um his OPS screams it as well so um I I think without a doubt for me Freddie Freeman and Goldie started at first base last year in the midst of his uh, MVP season, but Freeman has started each of the last three years, so this would be a fourth career star for him if it were to be him. And it's interesting, I'm just looking at the names of guys to start at first base for the National League since, let's say, about 2009. You have Pujols, Pujols, Fielder, Votto, Votto, Goldie, Goldie, Rizzo, Ryan Zimmerman, Freddie Freeman, Paul Goldschmidt. I mean, this is such a talented position. And I think the fact that Matt Olson is even knocking on the door of joining in those ranks is really, really impressive. And we know Braves fans are going to show up. That's part of how Freddie got those three straight in 18 through 21. And I'm glad they showed up for him, and again, he had his uh, 25th home run on Sunday. Olsen having a great year. I love that he's showing that he can replace Freddie in his own way and be really good. But if it were me, probably taking Freddie Freeman there. And your comment about batting average. Yep. I'm ready to talk about him. Is the perfect transition to second base. Again, we have Brave, we have Ozzy Alves, and then we have Louis Rise. And again, so much respect to Ozzy Alves having a good year. 
Louis Rise is hitting three ninety nine right now. It's who knows easy. where he'll be. Easy. I mean, this is the starter at second base for the All Star game uh, to me, no question. And I've been updating. You know, it's funny. A couple of weeks ago, we said, "Okay, on MLB.com, we're going to start a Rise Watch." And I said, okay, I'll update the chart of here's where he is compared to others through this many team games. Little did I expect that on June 25th, I would still be updating that. So it's been so much fun to watch with him. He's without a doubt it. I, I don't understand how there would be any other outcome because he's been unbelievable and Terry Francona has talked about him since he's been with the Twins, since they've seen him. He thinks that he is just the best hitter out there in the game right now. So, um, yeah, without a doubt, there's no one else in my mind that should take that spot from Luis Arise. Uh, so we can move to third base, which is a much closer race than what we would have had uh, back at second base. We have Nolan Arenado from St. Louis. We have Austin Riley from Atlanta. And honestly, looking at these, you look at these numbers, it's really a flip of a coin here of if fans are just looking at it on the ballot I don't even know where you start in a pitch of who should be over whom because these guys are really I want to say as close as it gets but when we get to catcher it seems like that's as close as it gets too but uh it really seems like it's as close as it gets and it's interesting because no disrespect to these two guys but Third base has been traditionally such a strong position, especially in the National League over the last handful of years. And if you look at these guys' seasons, they're brand name guys, they're great players, but they're not necessarily having the seasons that we would want to see from them. And I still believe they will get there, but it's interesting because when I say Arenado and Riley, for third base in the National League. If I said that in the year, you'd be like, yeah, of course, no question. But then if I told you that both of their OPSs were below 790, you would say, what's up? That doesn't sound exactly right. And I mean, you know, I think numbers-wise, it's probably Arenado, but I sort of expect Riley to win this. It is very close, but I think those Braves fans are voting in mass, and I don't blame them. They have a really fun team. They're all in, and my guess is if you just think about sort of the storylines with the teams, none of which has anything to do with being an all-star, but certainly is something that people associate with the players. Bradley's on a first place team, and unfortunately, Arenado is on a team that has underperformed. So we'll see. Uh, great names. Either way, it'll be great to see either of these guys start the All Star game. You know, Nolan had started four straight 2017 through 2021 before Machado started last year. So. It'd be great to see a new name in there with Austin Riley. Uh, certainly just another one to a great list of guys. I'm trying to think 
just eyeballing it. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it would be him and Chipper Jones, right, for the last few uh, Braves third baseman to start the All-Star game, so that's certainly pretty cool list to be on. We'll see how it ends up, but I think I'm expecting Riley to win. I'll put it that way. Yeah, we moved to shortstop. I mean, you just keep looking at all of these Braves that are on here. It's just like, it's going to be Braves dominant, and it should be. You look at their record, they should be able to be uh, dominating this this lineup this starting lineup I should say um you have Orlando Arcia and you have Francisco Lindor as the top two finalists for shortstop in the National League and it's one of those things where it's sort of like power versus consistency again where if you just look at the basic main uh categories that are listed on the ballot Orlando Arcia has a 318 average Lindor has 221 but Arcia Arcia has six homers and 26 RBIs Lindor has 15 homers and 52 RBIs but Arcia is leading in OPS so it's like one of those back and forths um but again to me I would lean towards Arcia you think about the impact and um the team that he's on it seems like that's just an underlying factor that okay you're contributing to such a, a winning club right now and I don't know. I'll never get past the consistency thing. That's always just going to be what the hill I die on. So I, I lean towards that, but I can see how there's also an argument going the opposite direction. You know, when we previewed the National League East with uh, Anthony Tacoma early in the year, we talked about how a potential problem for the Braves was the fact that in spring training, they gave Von Grissom a chance to win the shortstop job, and he didn't. He did not impress enough to win that job, and they had Brandon Shoemake, who was another uh, prospect of theirs, and they ended up with Orlando Arcia, and that was kind of their third choice. wasn't necessarily what they expected to happen. So much props to him for coming out, showing what kind of player he is, and having a great year. So I love when it works out that way for a player. And we'll see again. I'm expecting those Braves fans to uh, come, come out and vote hard. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we might as well just keep the Braves thing going as long as we're here. Catcher, uh, Sean Murphy, and then Will Smith from the Dodgers. And these are as identical of players, it seems like, that you're going to get to have to try to vote between. Almost every number seems like it's just replicated yeah. in the other person's stat line. Um, but for me, I just because Sean Murphy switched he changed teams. You go for a, through a trade over the off season. You're going into a new clubhouse. You're going into a new organization. You don't always know how that's going to pan out. And you don't know how that transition is going to be. And not only did he settle in, but he sort of run with it and he's exploded. And I, I don't know. I think that carries a little bit more weight with me, the way that he's made an impact on a new team, on a team that has won the way that it has won so far in the first half. That kind of backstory is what edges it out for me because I have to dig deep to find anything to edge out because all of the numbers are identical. But I also could say I, there's so many Braves here that I want to just go Will Smith because he deserves it too. I don't, I don't really know how to choose. 
I have no idea how to choose, and I'm so glad I don't have to. I mean, first of all, to any fans listening to this, these guys will both be all-stars, obviously, of reserves, not announced until Sunday, but there is no question that both of these guys will make the all-star team. I have no idea. I mean, as you said, their numbers are so similar. The impact they've had on their teams is so similar, really being the steadying forces. I I have no idea, and I'm also thinking ahead to the offseason when I do my top 10 list with MLB Network. I mean... The idea of having one of these guys ahead of the other is absolutely impossible. But I'm excited for a new name because the last few National League starting catchers in the All-Star game we Wilson Contreras last year, JT Realmuto in 21, Contreras the two years before that, then Buster Posey, Jonathan Lucroy, Yachty Posey. Brian McCann, I mean, how about that for Sean Murphy? The idea being the first since Brian McCann for the Braves in 2011. Really, really cool. Eyeballing it, I guess the last Dodger is what, Russell Martin in 07? I see Russell Martin, and I'm guessing that has to be Dodger Russell Martin. But regardless, I mean... These guys are so good. They're both going to play in this game. So I don't know how you choose who the starter might be. I I truly don't either. It's going I'm excited to see how that one pans out and it's you already mentioned before that for the outfield Ronald Acuña Jr is already voted in. So they have four others to choose from. Uh, in the outfield, and you have to select two of those to fill the three outfield spots. You have Mookie Betts from the Dodgers. You have Corbin Carroll, which is fun, so fun, um, from Arizona. Uh, you have Guriel Jr., if I can speak, and Michael Harris II as well. You have a whole bunch of people, but I think Corbin Carroll is the one that everyone's most excited about. It has to slam dunk, throw this guy in there. He's been so fun this season. Um, and I, I think you have to be excited about anyone who's a rookie who's making this much noise to be in the All-Star game at this point in the season. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I didn't know the other day he was leading the National League in OPS, I believe. Now he's second or third, but only one rookie has led his league in OPS. It was Fred Lynn in 1975 when he became the first player to win Rookie of the Year and MVP in the same season, obviously, right now. Acuna is the hands-down MVP, with Freddie being second, but I think there's a really strong argument right now that Corbin Carroll is third, and to be there as a rookie is so impressive. To me, the other starter here is Mookie. He had his eighth leadoff home run yesterday. He has been really good. He's playing every position, it feels like. 
who played second base this weekend turned all of these double plays. You know, I tweeted one out from, um, I think, Friday. And I said, we're so lucky to watch Mookie Betts. And someone got in the mentions, probably a Giants fan, yeah, and said, it's a normal double play. Like, what are you talking about? And I'm just sitting here thinking, yes, but Mookie Betts is a gold glove right fielder who had not played the infield consistently since the minor leagues. And he's here making routine double plays look routine. It's incredible. So I think that versatility he has shown also really, really helps him. But Lorna Scurriel had the best stats in the National League in the month of May. Deserves a lot of credit. Michael Harris, I was so all in, yeah, last year. And I do think he's been better lately. But I do think Braves fans also know how to vote. So it's a combination. And again, nothing against him. These guys are all really great. But oh my gosh. The starting outfield of Acuna, Betts, and Corbin Carroll. That's amazing. Let's get to the only category that doesn't have a Braves player in the final. Um, last, one, last one for the NL is designated hitter. We have Bryce Harper and J.D. Martinez. Harper from Philadelphia, J.D. Martinez from uh, the Dodgers. And I understand that Harper hasn't had as long of a season, but I think his whole comeback story is enough for me Um it's not like an MVP vote where you would be sitting there saying, okay, there's not the same number of games. He didn't have to go through all of this. This is like a, this is a fun recognizing type of uh, event. You just recognize the guy who's had a good year, a fun year, whatever it might be thus far. And to me, his story is all part of it. And just because he hasn't played as many games as everyone else has does not dock him in my book. And I think his comeback story, coming back earlier than any of us really even anticipated that he would, I think that um, Bryce Harper would be my choice from all of that combined. He had the fastest return we've ever seen from Tommy John. It's surgery ridiculous. Anyone any position player it was absolutely insane to me i go jd but also because it's a great story i think after we played last year there were a lot of people figuring maybe this was it for him in terms of being a really helpful player in the majors he ends up with the doctors in the offseason and they have two guys on their team right now Another not an all-star finalist, but still worth mentioning, in Jason Hayward, who people had no expectations for entering the year. And they've both been really, really good. To me, looking at Janie Martinez, having 16 homers and 48 RBIs before July for the Dodgers, I don't think anyone expected that from him. Obviously, reuniting with the hitting guru who helped fix his swing for him after he was released or DFA'd by the Astros way back when. Robert Fanskoyak. There's so many reasons why it's working for him. 
but I love that kind of comeback story. But that's what's so great about this ballad is that both of these are outstanding stories. So no matter if you're more in on the medical marvel or the actual, you know, resurrection of her career, there are two really, really good uh, choices here. All right, I think we should take a quick break right now. We'll come back. We'll break down the AL ballot before we get into our favorite moments in baseball from the past week. So stay with us. Welcome back to the Ballpark Dimensions podcast. I'm Mandy Bell, that's Sarah Langs, and we are breaking down the AL ballot now after going through the NL All-Star ballot. We'll start with uh, first base, which is Yandy Diaz from Tampa and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. from Toronto. And I think what's going to be is Vlad Jr. because just seems like the name because I think he'll be the one who gets a lot of the votes from people. But to me, the person who I would vote for would be Yandy Diaz just because of the season that he's had. Um, and to me, it's just maybe a more complete season than what Vlad Jr. has put together so far. And that's no knock on what he's done. Um, I think that just says so much about Yandy Diaz's year. And I, I think I would lean more toward him if it was numbers, but it's still not going to be shocking to me if or when it becomes Vlad Jr. Just because of the name, the excitement um, of surrounding him, and it should be surrounding him. So it wouldn't surprise me, but that's who my vote would be. Well, I'm going to give some credit to the Braves fans and try to motivate them. I love Vlad, nothing against Vlad, but I really, really want to see this be Yandy Diaz. We talked about this back in May, maybe, but Yandi is a player who has been beloved in the kind of nerd stats community for being a guy who we know could put it all together. Absolutely crushes the ball and needs it in the air. He's finally doing that, and he is having such a great season. And either way, I need to see him be an all-star because he, on a day-to-day basis, has the best shoe game in-game. I think of anyone in Major League Baseball very often in some bright pink cleats, neon yellow highlighter cleats, you name it. All about the wristbands, everything else. And I'm just salivating at the idea of what he would wear as an all-star in an exhibition when you can wear absolutely anything, any bright color, the teal going with the Mariners and what the all-star uniforms will probably look like. I mean, I need to see what Yandi brings to the exhibition outfit game. So I really, really want to see it. But of course, if it is Vlad, that would be his third in a row. The last American League first baseman to start three straight All-Star games was Mark McGuire in 1988 to 90. I know I'm eyeballing this because I didn't prep in advance, but that is the last first baseman in the American League 
to start three straight. Now, of course, that's in part because, you know, there were years when Big Poppy had to start at first because there was no DH because they were in National League Park and what have you. But anyway, that would be amazing if he were able to do that. But I need to see Yandy be an all-star for the reasons I said with how he will dress for it. Huh. All right, are you ready to go on a similar National League tear here of where we went through Braves every single round? Let's go through the Rangers every single round now. Um, and the Blue Jays. So. Oh, that's true. And the Blue Jays. Oh, my goodness. That is true. I'm now scrolling through. I was like, yeah, yeah. it's going to be Rangers for everything. No, it's Blue, J- Blue Jays, Rangers for everything, it seems. Wow. Okay. Um, second base, Whit Merrifield and uh, Marcus Simeon. You have Blue Jays, Rangers, I, as we just prefaced. Um, I was I was shocked to see Whit just because I've, you know, been in the AL Central for so long, and I'm so used to him with the Kansas City Royals, and he was the big name from there, but I was like, oh, if he goes somewhere else, maybe he wouldn't be the big name. Nope, he's still hanging on, and he's still doing his thing, which was cool, Um, but I gotta go with Simeon. I think his year's great. I think what this team is doing is great, and it's so hard for me to ignore that, because as fun as it is to see Atlanta playing well, we all sort of expect it now, um, I don't think anyone expected the Rangers to be this good. Um, and so it's been fun to watch them be this good and to score this many runs, it seems like. Um, so I, I'm probably going to hop on this bandwagon as we keep going here. And I'm going to go with uh, Marcus Simeon for my second baseman. I agree. And I do want to say, when we joke about, oh, all the Blue Jays, all the Rangers, all the Braves... I love when fan bases do this. I love when fan bases are so motivated, so all in on their team that they vote up and down the ballot this way to make this happen. So even though we joke about it, I want to be clear, we aren't dismissing it. Like, I can't speak for you. But I was certainly the, uh, I was that voter back in the day. I was that voter whenever it was in the summer doing my whatever it used to be for the uh, prior ballot, you know, five times a day, what have you. I would click up and down Mets and American League. I think American League I would actually do like who I thought deserved it. But even still, I was that voter, anyone who is that passionate about this game has been that so I want to be clear we're not belittling that and now we can move along to third base where I have to say even though it is a Blue Jay Matt Chapman and a third baseman and Josh Young I actually think this is a great combo because you have a rookie and Josh Young, who has been so good for the Rangers, you know, when people say, and people ask me, why are they so much better? There's so many things, obviously, going out and getting Nate Valdi, having Bruce Bochy at the helm. But I also think they have a handful of young players like Josh Young who have come into their own at the exact right time. So... 
really really cool to see him here of course Matt Chapman is an old reliable in a very good way he was crushing the ball doing everything that he does he's had a great year but I think I would go with Young if it were me I am hashtag team rookies for all-star games. So I am always on board for that. As we talked about with Corbin Carroll, I am so on board um, with going with Josh Young. I, I, again, it's just astounding to me the the year the Rangers have had, the the start that they got off to all of these things. So I, and like you said about how fan bases really come out, you're so used to these being dominated by big market teams. And so you're used to the Yankees or whatever it might be being the ones filling up all these spots. So it's so cool to see the Toronto fan base and the Texas fan base coming out and making sure that all these guys are the finalists. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely going Josh Young for that one because uh, team rookies, 100% team rookies. We moved to shortstop and it's, you guessed it, the Blue Jays against the Rangers, Bo Bichette and Corey Seager. And goodness gracious, the fact that one of these guys doesn't get to be the starter is ridiculous because they're both having unbelievable seasons. I'm going to just read across real quick. Bichette, 318 average, 14 homers, 47 RBIs, 856 OPS. You have Seager, 349 average, 10 homers, 46 RBIs. And he has over a thousand OPS. I mean, this is ridiculous. Both of these, and just because Seeger sort of has wow numbers, they're both wow numbers. But even wower is that a word? Can I say that? Um, I'm going with Seeger. I think I'd have to go with Seeger for this. But gosh, they both can they just be like co shortstops and just be like T ball where you're both standing in between second and third because they both deserve it. I mean, it's incredible because he missed time. And yet here he is with one fewer RBI. These guys have both had great seasons, you know. I might go with Bo Bichette just for day in, day out. The fact that he hasn't missed that time, maybe it's sort of a badge of honor. But either way, but you know what's fascinating to me? So Tim Anderson was the starter last year. The last time that there was a shortstop in the American League to start back-to-back All-Star games was Jeter, Derek Jeter, starting five straight, 06 to 2010. Since then, Miguel Cabrera, Derek Jeter, J.J. Hardy, Derek Jeter. Back and forth, we have... Acidas Escobar, yes, 2015 Royals fans, of course, Xander Bogarts, Carlos Correa, Manny Machado, Jorge Polanco, Xander Bogarts, and then T.A. So the fact that none of those guys had a back-to-back start is pretty impressive to me, and that will obviously continue. I mean, you can't go wrong with either of these guys. And it's amazing if you think about Kesher. So we talked about this almost a month ago. We were talking about the overall ballot. And I said, keep an eye on Jonah Heim. I know the Rangers. I know he's not the maybe brand name at catcher in the American League. He's had an outstanding season. 
I think he might be the starter. So it's him and Adley. Obviously, Adley, incredible ambassador for the game. And having a great year, 265 average, 10 homers, 32 RBIs, 791 OPS. But Jonah has 23 more RBIs, hitting about 20 points higher on this team that has really surprised us in the Rangers. I think it would be really, really cool if Jonah Heim started the All-Star game. I wouldn't be surprised if the Adley Rushman fans really come out for this. Um, he is one of those guys, he's one of those names where it just seems like everyone hops on board. And that's sort of what I was alluding to with Vlad Jr. earlier. Um, you just, there's, there's always guys who get that, that type of support. And, uh, but if it was up to me, I'm on your side here and I'm going with Jonah Heim. I think his numbers are unbelievable. He's really besting Adley in every category that you can sort of look at here. It, it just makes sense. I think all around it makes sense and what he's been able to do for the Rangers, it all makes sense. It's deserving and um, I would go with him as well. And then we get into the outfield. We have more guys to choose from because we don't have one of the outfielders already getting in like the National League. So we're going down the list of choosing three between Jordan Alvarez from Houston, Randy Rosarena from Tampa, Abdullah Garcia from Texas, of course, Texas getting in there. Uh, Aaron Judge from New York, Kevin Kiermaier from, you guessed it, Toronto, and Mike Trout from the Angels. So um, to me, I mean, it's easy to say that Aaron Judge is always the fan favorite, but because of this injury right now, it's a little bit more confusing. Like, is he going to be able to be the one who comes out on top here? And it wouldn't surprise me because he's that name and he's that name that everyone just automatically clicks on because he's one of the faces of baseball. And so I get it. His numbers before he had this toe issue um, were unbelievable, still unbelievable. So I get it if he is still recognized um, and given that title and then obviously will most likely be replaced at this point because of uh, we're not really sure how long he's going to be out. But um, it seems a little bit more serious than anyone had thought. So I, I probably would just steer clear of it because of the situation, which may be not fair to him because he has been impressive. But I think I would avoid that one. I think Brandia Rosarena would be high on my list. Um, and... Alvarez's numbers have been great. It's it's really hard to choose. I think I would go Alvarez or Rosarena. And I think the inner baseball fan in me always wants Mike Trout to be part of it because he's just forever that guy. And for him and Otani to both be starters, I think would be super cool. I love that. You know, I think you're right. Aaron Judge is going to win this. He's going to get one of these spots, but... Based on the current reports, it doesn't appear that he'll be available to play. So even if he wins the vote, I'm not sure he'll be starting. Similar probably with Jordan, who's been True. on the IL. True. I know his timeline doesn't seem as dire as judges, but I would say if you're on the IL today, what? two weeks before the All-Star game. It's tough. The odds of your team saying, okay, go start. <laughs> probably, probably low. So 
I do expect both of those guys to win the spots, which is a huge honor and very deservedly so with what they've done so far this year. But to your point of who I actually expect to start, I mean, Randy Rosarina is the ultimate showman in baseball. We saw that in the playoffs in 2020. We saw that in the WBC. I fully expect him to do something spectacular in the All-Star game. And if Seattle, a place he has no connection to, chanting Randy, Randy, you know, I fully, fully expect that. I think Adolis Garcia has a great story because, you know, what was it, two years ago, as a rookie, he had an amazing May and then kind of fell off stats-wise after that. But he's showing this year on this great team that he's a really, really good player, really, really good fielder as well. Would love to see him out there. <laughs> I'm with you on Mike Trout. I mean, I do think Kevin Kiermaier deserves a lot of credit for having a much better offensive year than anyone expected from him. I'm so glad for him as a player, as a person. But I think any time you can have Mike Trout starting an all-star game, you probably should, even if it isn't his best year. Over the last few, he's still Mike Trout. And with him being healthy at this point in the season, and available, I'm so all in. Well, we don't have to go through the designated hitter because Shohei Otani has already won that. And even if he wouldn't have been the top vote getter, he would have slam dunk been the finalist who was selected. Can we discuss the Brandville quotes for a second? So our colleague Paige Lecky, who is one of our reporter producers down in Miami, was filling covering the Blue Jays the other day, maybe last week. And Brandon Bell made some comment completely joking about like, oh, I guess people aren't looking at stats or like, I can't believe they didn't pick me about designated hitter with Shohei Otani. Brandon Bell is the biggest jokester in baseball, certainly one of them. He has a wit and a sarcasm. If there's anyone who would fully respect the incredible nature of what Shohei Otani does, it is him. He has been asking to pitch in a game since he got to the majors. You know he has respect for Otani doing both. With I read it and knowing his humor, I was laughing at it. And then it went viral with all these fans being like, wow, typical Blue Jay not getting in, typical blah, blah, blah. And I'm reading it like, take a step back. Do you really think anyone in baseball in the world right now would not understand how much Joey Abdani deserves that? Like... If you are the other guy who was number two on that DH vote, you have to laugh. It is hilarious. And by the way, Brandon Belt is having a great year. People did not know that he would have this great of a year. Props him there. 
He was being sarcastic, and I just have to mention that. Well, it's a perfect segue into our favorite segment every single week. So we'll take a quick break right now, and then we'll come back and we'll list off our favorite moments from baseball over the past few weeks. Ballpark Dimensions podcast. I'm Mandy, that's Sarah, and our favorite person, Alana Schreiber, our wonderful producer, joining us for our favorite segment of the week. Alana, I know you built up some hype for this one for us. You told us that we should be excited for your favorite moment, and now we are ready to hear it, so go ahead and kick us off here. It's a really good one, but before I do, just quick honorable mention to the College World Series. I love LSU, and they play tonight, and I know by the time people are listening to this, the game might be over, but go Tigers! So many incredible future MLB stars in this series, and that Trey Morgan squeeze play was like the most amazing squeeze play I've ever seen. So this series has been amazing. Okay, but so last week I was back in New York, and my friend from South Africa was visiting. And he had never been to a baseball game, and I really wanted to take him. So we went to see Yankees Mariners. And we're at the game, and he's just kind of trying to figure out, like, how similar is this to cricket? What's going on? How do people score runs? And the game is crazy. It was Thursday, so the Mariners are winning 10 nothing in the fourth. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to say, like, this is not a normal game. Like, this, <laughs> this is pretty irregular. And there's this woman sitting next to me, and she's just so keyed in paying so much attention we start talking and she says there's my son and I'm like oh like down in the stands and she says no on the mound my son is Brian Wu and I'm like what the heck this is amazing and oh my gosh. he was pitching and he was doing amazing I mean he pitched a no-hitter through the fifth and after every strike she's high-fiving everyone around her she's literally sitting on the edge of her seat her hands are so close to her mouth it was so cool to be a part of that like I've never watched a Major League Baseball game with any player's mom, but to watch with Brian Wu's mom as she's seeing her son get his first ever MLB win and like what a tremendous win it was. That was such a memorable experience. And again, I keep telling my friend from South Africa, Matt, this is not a normal baseball game. I'm not (laughs) normally with the moms, but it was just so memorable and such a great game. That's amazing. I love that. I saw a photo before that game of uh, her and her husband, uh, Wu's father. Uh, at the game, I think Jean Marusi took a photo of them. And I loved their Mariners gear. It kind of looked like they went out and bought it, not like team issue stuff, which was adorable. And I love that. I actually have never been that close to a player's family like that. But when Michael Soroka made his MLB debut May 1st, 2018, it was at City Field. I was at that game, and we were a section over from where his family was, and he's Canadian. And they had this big Canada flag and all of these like signs for him, and it was adorable. And I remember seeing after the game, like, oh, Soroka's family reacts. In the moment, we just thought they're really big fans. Like, we didn't know. <laughs> we didn't get to chat with them. So we had no idea. But it's always amazing to see those moments. 
All right, Slangs, go ahead. All right, so I had a few to choose from, and I'm going to go with the way Julio Rodriguez announced that he'll be in the home run derby this year. We all knew or hoped that he would be doing it in Seattle, his home ballpark, but our friend Brett Blueweiss and his colleagues put together this amazing video. So we talked to Brett a couple weeks ago about when the players come to the office and what they do with them. So they gave Julio a mic. He went into the MLB store and outside the MLB office on 6th Avenue and asked people, who do you think should do the Home Run Derby this year? And there were some people who were like, you, you know, recognize him. But the best was he asked a few people and they didn't say anything initially. Then he makes his voice more high-pitched and answers for them. So it was like, who do you think should do the Home Run Derby this year? Rodriguez. And it's like this old lady and everything. So he was kind of playing both sides of it. It was really funny and really cool to see that kind of humor from a player because I feel like I would make that joke of like oh let me answer for you and disguise my voice you know like that's such a normal way to react so it was really really good and it was just fun to see and at the end he goes all right it's unanimous let's run it back so so excited for that there have been three guys to win the Derby in their home ballpark, Ryan Sandberg and Wrigley in 1990, Todd Frazier and Cincy in 2015, and Bryce Harper in D.C. in 2018. There's so much. Obviously, Seattle is the home of Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey is the unquestionable king of the home run derby. He participated the most times, he won the most times, and now Julio is trying to turn a finalist last year into a win this year. So I just loved that video. It was such a simple joke, but it was like, here's a superstar major league player making a ridiculous joke that I would make to Mandy. Well, okay, mine's a little bit more similar to Alana here. Uh, I had a first uh, as my moment. So obviously covering the Guardians, I end up seeing more Guardians moments than I do other moments, unless uh, they're Sarah's baseball is the best tweet. So I was watching Bo Naylor, uh, younger brother of Josh Naylor, get his first hit. It took him a little bit. He went 0 for 19 to start his career. Started at the tail end of 2022. Carried into now being called up recently in 2023. Finally got the monkey off his back. Sent a single into center field. He was rounding first base. Comes back, steps on the bag, and hugs his first base coach and his catching coach, Sandy Alomar Jr., in, like, relief. It wasn't, like, a celebratory hug. It was, like, this, huh, like, this exhale where he, like, had his head fall down on Sandy's chest. Like, I did it. And he had his one arm around Sandy's back. So right there, it was just like, oh, you feel for this guy. Like, he was been, he's been wearing it. He's been feeling it. 
And as he turned back facing toward the field, he was able to peek up for a second and see that the scoreboard had a camera right on his older brother's face, Josh, um, in the dugout, who had a grin from ear to ear, both of his hands up high above his head, and he was just jumping up and down, so excited for Bo. Um, I mean, we were sort of watching it like, in, like you could see in the dugout from the press box, like you could see him celebrating. But once it came up on the scoreboard, it was so cool to see the elation on his face, like a true proud big brother moment. Um, and it seems like that's the family dynamic. It's not like competitive. It's competitive where they drove each other to be as good as they are because now there's about to be a third nailer drafted into uh, professional baseball, uh, Miles Nailer, which, you know, you just watched him out in Arizona and uh, talked about him at the top of the show. But you have these guys who drove each other, but then there's this genuine support cheerleader type feeling for one another. There's no jealousy. There's no... Oh, he got here first. He's doing this more. He's he's having success. I'm not. There's none of that with them. And it's so, so cool. And it was really cool to see. And then after the next at bat, um, Bo made it the whole way around, crossed the plate. And as he was walking towards the dugout, Josh was standing at the, like right in front of the top step. And they were able to hug right before he got into the dugout. So it was just such a wholesome moment. And it's just so cool. I know they both have to be so tired of talking about the fact that they're brothers and that they're both on the same team. And we hate to bug them about it. But like moments like that, it's just, it takes baseball to a whole nother level to see these two brothers sharing in such special moments together in the same uniform, pulling for the same team. So that was really, really cool to have a front row seat for if I were to choose a personal cheerleader other than you, who is the greatest cheerleader ever, I think I would choose Josh Naylor because <laughs> he's so effusive. And he has so much energy and so much emotion on his face at any given time. And that's for anybody. So the idea of him being able to be there for his brother, absolutely incredible. And that happened on, was that Wednesday or Thursday? Wednesday. Wednesday, right. So that's the same day that I was in Arizona watching Miles take BP. Because I remember I missed that moment initially, but a couple people tagged me in it to make sure I saw it. And my first thought was, well, I was watching Miles take BP like, you know, an hour or two before this happened. So... It'll be really interesting to see where Miles ends up. But either way, just to know the support system that Bo has through Josh and to know what Miles has through both of them is really, really cool to see. And you know that's going to serve all of them so well throughout their careers. But I love when the camera saw him, as you said, hands up in the in the air, smiling, everything. It was just so, so perfect. I know Guardians fans are hoping that the third nailer ends up in, in this organization. And if it does, in a couple weeks, we'll have so much to be able to talk about on this podcast if that comes true. But for now, I think that'll do it for this week's podcast. Don't miss an episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you're enjoying the show or you have any suggestions for us at all, please leave us a rating and a review. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Ballpark Dimensions podcast, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.